1: Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
0: 15 minutes on the timer and the subject is football. Uh, me and you, we bloody love football, don't we, Wendy? Bloody love it, always have done. Is football man and
1: boy? Is football like? Is it? Is it? Um, it's like socially acceptable Warhammer, isn't it? It's not. <laughs> I don't. I don't understand why people like that. You know, lads are walking down the street and they're fucking having their beer and that, and then they they kind of watch a group of men play a game. Ultimately, but worse than that, you're you're you love this, and I'm sure you'll you'll be happy to admit it. But all the stats and that, and I like it as well. Like I'm really into the XG, which is like expected goals. I love that shit. Whereas I, I shouldn't do, but I really, really enjoy that. But it is a little, a little bit geeky, don't
0: you think? Yeah, yeah, it is. No one it says is. it is though. No one admits you're, it. You, you are absolutely right. You are absolutely right. But the reason it's is acceptable in in society, is because what happens is at school, all the cool kids are the ones who are sporty. Because that's how our society has formed. You're not cool if you're bookish and intelligent academically. Mm. You're cool if you're, you know, big and strong and attractive.
1: But that goes to that. That's instinctual, isn't it? That's part of that. Who we are as humans. That's that's, that's yes. a part of our makeup. Like women like typically big, strong, hairy, sweaty men. For some reason, yes, uh, because yes. They, that's the, the most likely, instinctually. Oh my god, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have feminists having a go at me, but the, I, I, I I'm guessing here that instinctually, you know, looking back at our our history, you know, as a, a, a forming into humans back in the day, that perhaps some of the traits that made men attractive to women, not just attractive, you know, sexually, but also as a protector and a provider from killing fucking saber-toothed tigers and whatever to uh (laughs) providing food for the for the for the babies and that that some of that still exists in some way so that how do we get onto this so that footballers uh, and being active rather than bookish is still more attractive
0: absolutely absolutely. for the for the for the betterment of the human race whereas um a little sort of Squat podgy <laughs> glasses wearing nerd hunched over a board, moving uh painted pieces around that he's he's painted himself in his in his attic bedroom carefully for many hours is is not going to lead to to betterment of the human race that's that's how society works now uh I love football. I am also a nerd, and those things can coexist. Yeah. Gladly I can say that they can coexist, certainly now. Did you play when we were younger? At school? A little bit, yeah. The thing is, I was... um, I can always hold my own, so I was fine. I felt like at school... so so there was a group of people who were really, really good at football and kind of were in the school team and they were the cool kids. And then there was a group of people who were terrible at football (laughs) and were basically the nerds and the the rejects and the losers in the eyes of the cool kids. And then there was a group in the middle, which I fell into, where I was friends with pretty much all of the nerds, but also friends with some of the cool kids because I really liked football and I was also okay at football. So I I kind of... uh, I managed it. I, Football. I, I, I coped with it all right. Fo- How about you?
1: Did you play? I played, yeah, and I was pretty good when I was in my teens. And it saved me pretty much in my school. <laughs> now, let, I've got to tell you a little bit about my school in order to make that for that to make sense. I was one of only two white kids in my class. And that's important because in my school, white kids, like you'd imagine an ethnic minority elsewhere, would be targeted because of what they look like. In my school, I was because I was white. Um, and made, generally, the white kids got bullied, and, and except the tough ones who kind of held their own and got into fights, were willing to fight. But luckily, I was good at football, and so I got into the school team. And our team was good, but it was also um, I was the only white kid in the school on my school team, which meant because I was there and I could play, I wasn't I wasn't getting beaten up. Um, so. Yeah that's that's why if it made my it made my school life a lot easier than it could have been because there were other kids that, that weren't good enough to be in the team that got got some stick. Um it, I, every time I talk about school it makes it sound like an absolute hell hole. It wasn't that bad. It was just it was just the reality and that's why I kind of I feel like um you know I I'm really sympathetic to people that are different to to everybody else because it's weird that in England as the indigenous race as a white man life is supposed to be much easier and typically much more privileged than 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 others uh, you know people from other back, ethnic backgrounds but in my school it was the re- complete reverse but because i could kick a ball in a straight straight line I, I um yeah i managed to kind of fit in better than i would have done otherwise what's your relationship with football in terms of you know how important is it to you Wendy? in terms of you know maybe tottenham and and um you know watching why do you spend so much
0: of your time watching it and talking about it. It's a really... That's a really good question. Why? Why? Um, so I... I basically had no choice. My dad was a, a football fanatic. He didn't play. He he wasn't a very good footballer himself. Although, you know, he could kick a ball. And we, he would kick a ball around with me in the park and that kind of thing. Mm. His brother was... Uh, my uncle was a good player who played at a, a decent level for a decent um, Saturday team for many, many years and would actually sort of help train me occasionally as well. Um, so I kind of had that environment, but dad was much more of a watcher. And so I watched football with my dad from a very early age and became really interested in, in watching it. Um, at primary school, uh, obviously we'd play football in playtime, in, on the playground, on a tarmac playground with a tennis ball. That was our that was what we did in, in primary school. We, didn't, we weren't allowed onto the school field unless it was PE, so we would literally play on the playground. Um, and it was just a, a huge sort of talking point amongst the boys at school. It was, you know, the thing that the boys did in the playground was play football. Um, and, and then, you know, as it became more accessible, so Match of the Day was obviously on very late, but you had Saint and Greasy back in the day yeah. on a, a Sunday afternoon. I'd watch Saint and Greasy. Football Italia on Channel Four I would watch because that was freely available football. and then things like football stickers and football cards became um the fad in the playground and I was really into collecting those and sort of learning about different players. And it just developed. So it's always been a large part of my life and then as I as I grew older I was playing. I was, you know, playing football every day after school down the park with my mates. But then also going to matches, and my mum and dad would take me and my sister to watch Spurs, probably once a month, something like that. When we were young, sometimes twice a month, uh, and that was a huge part of our sort of family bonding routine. Yeah, we, that, we would have a day out together.
1: What, what 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 do you talk when when you hear like people say football is just a game? What, what What do you take from that?
0: How do you respond to someone who says that? I think someone who says football is just a game is an outsider to football. I think that's the only explanation because it's it's way more than that for anyone who's interested in, it in any way. It's it's a sense of community. It's a sense of purpose. It's a sense of family. It's um, an emotional attachment with something greater than what it seems to be on the pitch. You know, you, for example, we you know we're both fans of Tottenham Hotspur. When we think of Tottenham Hotspur, it's such a a big concept in our heads. You know, if you say to a non football fan, "What do you think of Tottenham Hotspur?" They say, "Oh, they're they're the team. Um, they play in white. They're married by they're, they're managed by um, Jose Mourinho. Mm. Harry Kane plays for them. That's it." For us, it's so much more because we understand the history of the club. We understand the the triumphs and the failures over many many years and what that's meant and the the social. Um, ramifications of aspects of the club we have all of that context buried deep within our psyche and it's it's so overwhelmingly big and important and it also you know takes up literally takes up a huge amount of our time every every day every week i did
1: a podcast with aaron wolf called first time long time which is about sports it's a sports podcast for people who don't like sports, that's the way. So he's... So good, man! He's he, such a good podcast. He's incredible. The guy's incredible. But um, and I, I, fa- I've talked to him twice, right? And I found myself nearly bursting into tears on both podcasts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and, and 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 it's it's and nothing has made me more tearful um than than the idea of being able to go back and watch the football with my brothers and my family, and it's 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 a conduit to the connections you feel with other people. That's what football yeah. is. Yeah. Like your team is your team. And if you win, it's great. And if you lose, it's shit. And all the obvious stuff that people know. But it would mean nothing if you don't have people to share it with. And it's 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 just, an inc- nothing makes you feel like football can make you feel. And you might look at it, people outside might look at it and go, why would you do something? Especially following Spurs over the years. Not so much in the last 10 years or so, but... Throughout for the duration of both of our lives, Spurs have been pretty average, sometimes poor. And and it really does hurt. For someone who's listening to this who don't like football, it hurts when when the team loses. It it is so ridiculous that something you cannot control that you allow to control you completely. Like you can't do anything I can't make one of our players score a goal. I can't make our defenders defend better. I can't make the manager do choose a different tactic that I think might work better. I can't do anything to influence it at all. And yet it has complete control over me. It's ridiculous. It's so stupid. So if it can do that, it's much more than just the game. Much, much more than the game. And it's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing because even, even though... Even though it does make you feel terrible at times, I wouldn't change it for the world. I wouldn't have any have it any other way, because it makes you feel something rather than nothing. And just one more thing: um, the distraction it offers. Just quick, sorry, Wendy. Just quickly, yeah, yeah, we spoke right, to this. Right. I spoke to this girl um, uh, who suffers from anorexia. She has all her life, right? And um, she's from nine years old, and it got to about sixteen where she thought she was just wanted to die. She wanted to kill herself, right? Uh, she just wasn't going to eat and anorexia had taken control of her and she, was, she wasn't even her anymore and her uncle came and said can I take you to the football can I take you to the football and in her head she was like this is my opportunity to say goodbye to my uncle this would be the last moment and she he took him took her to Swansea City and she, he said for 90 minutes I forgot I had anorexia and that's like like that's quite profound and poignant but you know in the extreme but for most of us it's like oh I'll just forget about my problems for 90 minutes you don't think about the problems when Spurs are literally creating more problems for you but
0: <laughs> you know it's it's a wonderful wonderful thing football wonderful well what you've described there is kind of what I was um, going to come on to say that the, the other lovely thing about football is there's so many different ways to enjoy it and appreciate it and none of them are right or wrong it's all, it's all personal mm. so for example that person has used football as, a, as escapism and that, that is, you know, <coughs> for me, football has been a wonderful source of escapism across many years when, when I've disagreed with the government or been upset with the direction my life's taken or whatever, football's been there for me. Mm. Um, but also I really like this, as you reference, I like the tactical element. I like the sort of seeing it as a game of chess element. I find it, it's almost like a, a logic puzzle that I can understand and I, I really enjoy trying to solve that logic puzzle. I find that really enjoyable. Other people won't enjoy that, but that that's fine. Um other people will enjoy um uh the sort of banter side of it. There's lots of football banter accounts on social media which are which are good fun and, and people love that. You know, it gets they get thousands and thousands and thousands of retweets. People enjoy lording over their mates, taking you know having a bit of friendly banter in the workplace with them with them with their colleagues there's so many different sides to it that are all brilliant um, in different ways it's also and, pathetic as well isn't it cuz like yeah i all that stuff you mentioned was great
1: but i genuinely genuinely get angry at people i get angry <laughs> at like
0: if i i purposely don't have arsenal fans in my life i don't that is pathetic i don't wear any red i refuse to wear any red clothes it's pathetic isn't it it is it is it's childish <laughs> It's it's ludicrous. (laughs) But it is what it is, isn't it? It's a part of following your football club. Um, And the other thing is, and this is even more pathetic, is I feel as though my club has has partly shaped my personality. The (laughs) the nature of my team, the successes or failures throughout my lifetime has helped to sort of shape, genuinely shaped part of my personality, which is mental. Chris,
1: I I once didn't speak to someone for four years because they... (laughs) They goaded me after Arsenal beat Spurs, and he doesn't even know. We weren't really close friends, but he doesn't know that I did that. We just, I just stopped responding to his text.
0: <laughs> he doesn't know the reason.
1: He, he, well, we just, we just, because if, if you're not, when, when we're kind of slightly separated, if both people are not making an effort, they, you just fall <laughs> apart right, because we're not really close mates. But he, he did it, and I was like, you know what, well, fuck you. And and <laughs> I, I have spoken to him since because I've got over it, but. That's how pathetic it is. Like apps, Hashtag grown men, grown men. Yeah, and um, and and yeah, and and, and the thing, and you look at how animated people get and how angry they get. Twitter's the worst thing about football, and also, um, you know, part of the business that both of us are, are building. But it's it's the worst part about football. I love uh, football was so much easier to follow before Twitter existed, because you just you know after the game, few pints, have uh,
0: have a little chat with your, your dad or whatever. <laughs> The referee has blown his whistle (laughs) and our 15 minutes are now up.